everybody, and welcome back to Bad Form. The podcast. The podcast. I think it's best we just pretend that uh, we've been recording every week and there hasn't been like a year and a half gap. In case you, you don't feel like pretending there hasn't been a year and a half gap, we will have a catch-up episode very soon. Uh, I would like to introduce you to the incredible, delightful, hilarious, amazing Dr. Nana Fenterausch. Thank you, thank you. And my co-host, as ever, effervescent, if not more effervescent than ever before. <laughs> Dimple, okay, I quit again. Dimple this Dimple is what happened the first time. <laughs> it was the puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we're back. We are back. It's very good to be back. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a, about a very difficult situation. So I'm trying to get all of my jokes out now before we get to the serious part. Do you say that like we never talk about difficult situations? This is very true. We do talk we about We usually just talk about delightful, lighthearted things. We never talk about difficult <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just saccharine and sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> um so today what we're going to be discussing is we're going to be bringing you an episode on what it's like to lose a pet. Uh, predominantly what's going to be happening is that I'm going to be giving the great Nanakis the third degree about the, I don't want to say loss, no. the disappearance. The disappearance the of dis Earthling of JJ Cattingsworth, Fenterage. Mm -hmm. So Nanakis, why don't you set the scene and tell us what happened? Well, so I think... To give a little bit of context, I can tell the story of Earthling um, because it's, I think all of this, and as a murderino and someone that's really into um, true crime and this kind of thing, you know, it's your worst nightmare that you ever would have to de deal with like a missing person's case, in this yeah. case, a missing cat's case. But I do feel like cats are little persons too. Mm. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> We, the, the littlest love of my life, Earthling JJ Cattingsworth, came into me and my husband Ben's life in 2014. Um, at that point, oh, he wasn't my husband yet. <laughs> and it was sort of our, one of our, the, the, the big move that we made, mm. um, moving in together and adopting kittens and becoming cat parents. And um, there was this great little organization called Capetonians Against Animal Abuse. And they always just had, it's like this little cult of ladies who love cats and who are like feral colony keepers. And they wow. follow the trap, neuter and return policy that a lot of these um, like feral cat people like or people yeah. that take care of colonies of, of feral cats um, do. And so Earthling was uploaded onto their like Facebook page and him and the rest of his litter and when I saw this cat, I was like, Ben, I want this cat. And it was Earthling. Aww. And he was smaller than his siblings. He had like, I think, two brothers who were similarly colored and a little sister who was a sort of a gray, yeah. <laughs> like a soft gray cat. And Earthling's backstory was that he came from a long line of farm cats. And so they were pretty much wild. Yeah. I mean, like domesticated cats, but living on a farm that hunted and, you know, no one, they, yeah, they, they weren't they were little fed. domestic. Like I, I always say it's kind of like the cat version of an Afrikaners. 
<laughs> you know, it's sort of like yeah. a, <laughs> like these like really uh, like kind of sleek but very robust cats. Very that yeah, scrappy, s- scrappy, and like you know their their kind of instincts are the kind of things that little domestic cats can only achieve in their sleep, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. But so Earthling's mother had very bad luck and um, was bitten by a snake. Oh, no. Who then um, ate some fresh baby meat, her little kittens who were about a week old. And some kindly folks came across the kittens and a very fat snake Shame. and killed the snake and took the took the kittens to the kind ladies of Cape Townians Against Animal Abuse. So I think this fact is important because Earthling comes from uh, wild stock, essentially. Like, yeah. um, And that's something that I always knew, like having him as a cat, he's had... A lot of his lives taken <laughs> by just being like having a firstly a really big territory, um, having very little fear and like getting into lots of fights. I was about lots to say territorial he's a, he was fights. quite a, yeah. a wily one. Yeah, but it, also like just a little saint baby, like the mm. sweetest cat, like you could hold him like a baby and he's just um any all of the housemates that we ever had developed a really tight relationship with Earthling because yeah. he is He's a cuddle monster. He's a cuddle monster, but also he's like a reincarnated Buddhist monk. He's very He is like the most Zen dude Mm. in the world. And like when he holds your face, he has this thing like when you hold him in his arms, he immediately reaches out both of his paws and like cups your face. And it's like therapy. It is. Like he is deep. And like when you look into his eyes, it's like the whole world reflects through it. So he's my very special boy and I love him very much. But yeah, he got. I I think my sense is that he got a bit upset. We before we go into your senses, yeah. why don't you tell us the what you believe is the inciting incident? So, of what are some of the missing. Yeah, yeah of him the like the weeks leading up to yeah. So I think it's a off and all adventure. It's a long series of events um, that starts with us buying the house next door. Oop, oop. That is where we're recording from now. Yes, it's lovely. It's delightful. Earthling would ironically really love it here, but he's not here to witness it. Um, But yeah, so Earthy, we'd been, um, things had kind of been very tumultuous. Our beloved housemate Set moved out Mm. and like Earthling was very tight to Set. Um, Like, I think his whole world was kind of just very disheveled. Yeah. Um, and now in retrospect, um, initially we thought it was just, it was the move. Our, um, landlords in our old house had started renovating the house while we were still living there in the last month. They had completely taken apart the balcony and stuff like that, which was one of his main entrances into the house. Um, and (laughs) as, as we keep talking about the case of Earthling J.J. Cattingsworth, there are many other factors that I've uncovered during my investigation yeah. that could have contributed to this. But I think the main contributing factor, which we saw on camera, um, we have security cameras in our um, kind of little village and uh, or like in our street. But we didn't have access to the main system during yeah. the time that he went missing. So we just had kind of uh, access on our mobile phones. Um, and so it was something that, like, my husband Ben came over to our neighbors who lived in the house where we're living now, who have the the main device to look at the video footage, and came across this footage of at 5.30 on the 
morning that he didn't come home for breakfast. There was a really big tussle between a bunch of neighborhood cats. Um, and we, on the cameras, you can see our other cats and the two neighbor cats bolting after there's like a very big slamming noise and then the sound of an animal screaming and it doesn't even sound like a cat it sounded like a leopard or something it's like (laughs) such a screechy crazy like blood curdling scream and i believe that that was the incident that set that set earth uh, earthing off the day before um was a saturday and we had gone to go buy boxes for the move and in the afternoon, me and my husband were taking a nap and we got a call from a woman who said that, uh, oh, we had f- we found your missing cat, right? Which now feels like a crazy premonition. It's like just the yeah. weirdest coincidence. But so she found us and she said, we found your missing cat. And I'm like, okay, where exactly are you? And she said on the corner of Selborne and Belmont or whatever. And I'm like, okay, no, that's still part of Earthling's territory Earthling knows where he is. Like, He's don't worry. Going, yeah. He'll he'll come home. We often get calls because <laughs> he always, <laughs> like the amount of calls that we've gotten of people picking him up and saying, we, we found, found your missing cat, cat <laughs> and he's literally just like a block up from us. Yeah. Is like lots. Mm. Um, so yeah, we didn't pay too much heed. And then when my husband went out to go look for him, he, he couldn't find him. And then... Um, that evening he showed up for dinner and hung out with us the whole night, fell asleep on the, our couches were in <laughs> being reupholstered. Oh, he also shame. hated that. So he just had these mattresses in the lounge and uh, yeah, he, he was hanging out with us and then um, we went to bed and just never saw him again. So that uh, are the circumstances around Earthling's disappearance, and and I there might like have been might be like becoming this might be the beginning of the true crime bad form podcast. I am so keen for that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm keen to go and interview all these people yeah. that have been part of this journey and and make a proper little true crime cat Maybe detective show. There's nothing little... like it on the podcast <laughs> section <laughs> of Spotify. I've looked for for relatable content, but I mean, there's we nothing. We could do uh, an episode where we do a genuine investigation into the circumstances around bad cats. Or we just try, yes, bad cats murder. <laughs> My friend, oh, no, you can't laugh about this. Dikis, do you want to talk about bad cat quickly? Um, so in between recording our last episode and this episode, I had been wanting to get a second cat for ages because Robin is a very playful, very friendly cat, and neighborhood cats used to come into our house and she'd sort of follow them and let them eat her food. And wherever we lived, um, she'd always make friends with the cats in the neighborhood. So I decided to get a cat, and I found this beautiful black kitten with, like, white paws, and her little snout and mouth were white, and she looked like she was wearing a cowl, like she was Batman. Uh, So I called her Bat Cat, Bruce the Bat Cat Wayne. But she was, I got her very young. I got her at like six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only a bit later on that I found out that uh, he, I thought he was a little boy, but it turns out he was a little girl. And uh, him and Robin fought constantly. I tried separating them and introducing them to each other. And I tried taking a towel that had my scent on it, 
rubbing that on Robin. So it got Robin scent on it and then rubbing that on Batcat so that Batcat, so that when Robin smelt Batcat, she'd kind of smell herself and feel more calm with it. Robin had to dramatically run away for like a week and was staying at her second family's house. <laughs> I even went to go visit her there one day. I was quite annoyed with her. Um, and then as things started settling down, one day this taxi came barreling down our road, saw Batcat in the middle of the road, didn't slow down, didn't stop, hit her, and she passed away. Um, Robin, my other cat, was there to see it. And so Nanakis and I always have this little tongue-in-cheek thing where we go. No, shame. Oh, Dikis found me that day. I was inconsolable. Completely inconsolable. And, yeah, the way that we deal with a lot of pain in our lives is just making the most inappropriate jokes. 100%. So I asked her whether she, <laughs> she had Robin seen had what Rob, Robin, if, if Robin didn't just maybe stick just, out a little pull. You know, just a little push. <laughs> just a little push into the road. <laughs> Your bad cat, go check that out in the road. What's that? What's that? What's oh, that? What's oh, that over there? Right there. Don't move. Hey, don't, don't move, bad cat. Don't move. <laughs> um, and it, it was it was it was not helped by the fact that I was like crying and laughing when Nanaki said this, and then Robin came and was just sitting on my back, lap and being very loving, like she was and like super wow. happy, really intense. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also the other thing, right? Is that cats. And and that's something that I'm They're realizing more and more. They they have cat business and cat yeah. behavior is so. I mean, we can try and anthropomorphize cats as much as we want, but mm. they have things that are important to them and things that that determine the kind of um, their level of enjoyment of life. And often you think, hey, my cat wants a friend, and actually your cat is just like, no, I just want my own space. Exactly. You get you the know? cat a friend. The cat is like this little shit yeah this blows like fuck this yeah and it's interesting because cats cats are kind of um not lone creatures but, i mean they they do kind of form little packs. little colonies and stuff yeah. but they're always a little bit going there dubious of one another you know yeah it takes a long time for cats to really like and trust each other and become good friends yeah mm. so yeah when we adopted earthling um it was sort of a two-for-one special uh, when we arrived at the adoption <laughs> agency uh we knew that we wanted earthling and, and we yeah. had decided that we'd adopt one of his sister well his sister who was beautiful um mm. if she liked us and then when we got to the adoption place like like literally Earthling's little head popped out from underneath, from behind the like um, little glass door of the enclosure yeah. where they were kept. And I mean, there were like 20 kittens in there, but oh. he just ran straight for the door when we arrived. It's oh. like he was waiting for us. Like, oh, there you are. Um, but Earthling's always been kind of like a magical, mystical cat. He's just, he's so weird. But yeah, then then they told us and there was like this little like crusty nosed, fish eyed little yeah. red kitten behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were like, yeah, well, as soon as this cat had arrived, Jeff, whose mother had abandoned him the rest oh, of his sure. litter, um, very much just like dropped them on a woman's doorstep and like fucked off. Um, and they were like, the Jeff imprinted on Earthling since when he was like two weeks old. He's oh, just wow. like, Earthling was kind of like his parents, mm. you know, even though Earthling's only a month older than him. So we had to wait a little bit longer, I think the two weeks until Jeff was old enough to be adopted. And then we adopted both of them. And they've Beautiful. just been like the best little pair. 
And yeah, then on the 18th of April, Earthling didn't come home for breakfast. And it was the day of the fires, of the big um, the, yes, fires, the in Cape Town. fires in Cape Town. And there was this mad wind and the air just smelled of smoke. And here where we live in Mowbray, like mm. the the windmill burnt down. And there was, I mean, we had some embers in the front of our garden and stuff. So it was it was crazy that day going and, and looking for a cat. Um, when we uh, were walking around at about like 10.30, me and our housemate at the time, Poppy, um, did quite a thorough earth, earth search. Before that, Ben also went yeah. out and did a search. And we went at about 10.30 to go do another call through his um, territory, which now... Don't call your cat when it's missing. <laughs> we'll get to Hot that tip. People don't tell you this, but don't call your cat when they're missing. They will hide um, because of uh, survival instinct, but we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, so we were calling for him. And um, as we were walking, we just heard two huge explosions. And that was uh, wow. Rhodes Memorial, Memorial Restaurant. The gas canister is exploding. Yeah. Um, and looked up to the mountain and there was just like fireballs going up into the sky. And I was like, this is fucking apocalyptic. This is insane. Um, And, and yeah, I I think if Earthling had been displaced before that, that would have, you know, just pushed him over the edge. Because uh, it was the, there was fire, the earth, uh, the, the sky was like smoky and the wind was insane. Um, they were even closing off like major sections of the road. Yeah, the entire one, be- yeah, side of his territory, which is like the main road, was just cop cars. Yeah, like the whole section by our house was just emergency vehicles parked to try and stop the fire from crossing over the mm. highway. So yeah, it was an intense time, um, and yeah, I think you, you had your questions. I um, did, but I mean, like. Through telling the story, you're answering a lot of them. I'm just like, okay. So, so but one thing I do want to ask is, yes. um, how, what did you feel when you realized Earthy was missing? Like, what went through your head at first? So, I think because it was so enmeshed with the fire, there was um, a lot of mixed feelings because Earthing has gone missing before, never more for 20, more than 24 hours. Like that's been the longest that, that he, he's been missing before. And uh, he's seven years old. So I felt quite confident that yeah. he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be gone for long because mm. previously what had happened is when Earthing had gone missing, it was uh, because he was trapped. Oh. So there were three instances. The first time was he had gotten trapped in the roof of the uh, Department of Basic Education's <laughs> art department. Uh, it's like their archives. It's this building opposite our road that has like, like it's got all of the old like film canisters and yeah. tapes. And like, it's like a building that pretty much just houses that. And there are these really big trees next to it. And he hunts. He's like, like I said, he's a farm cat stock. So even though we feed him very really well. expensive food like and medicinal nice food. food for his anxiety and the most expensive wet food money can buy. Yeah. He still hunts um, and he eats live animals. He even eats the feathers. He eats wow. everything except the, what's it called? The little, um, is it the liver? Yeah. Yeah. He eats everything. He eats the beak. He eats the feet. He, I've once caught him in the backyard eating feathers and then like regurgitating it. 
and then eating the regurgitation again because he's like, mm, feathers, that's my favorite part. So I didn't you know. know that he'd like actually like ate. He ate, he eats like, like our housemates have had to deal with all of them. I've had to clean up bodies, which is why I pay my penance to Margot Wilkie, the, <laughs> the wildlife <laughs> rescue lady from Pinelands, because we've taken so many injured birds to her that Earthlings oh, like, like saving birds from him and taking them to her. And, and just like I make direct um, donations into her bank account because I, I understand that cats are brutal. Yeah. Um, and it's terrible how it much is. they ruin the local like ecosystems. Fauna. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. So yeah, it was. It was initially. It was sort of. I was very much in denial, and um, I, I realized that he was probably freaked out because of the boxes. Because that day we had been packing, and that was the day also that that people had already already found us and said Earthling. They found him, and we said, "Ah, no man, just send him home." And he came home, and when he did come home, he had like a weird oil slick on his forehead. Which is not unusual because he sleeps under cars and we call him like the little mechanic because he <laughs> frequently comes home with like oil having dripped on him and then we have to give him a bath and stuff. And it's like, um, and, and for anyone listening to this, if you think like, oh, you're very cruel for, uh, or not, you're, you're, you don't care for your cat because you let them roam. Um, we, we had very big existential drama about this because he did frequently get trapped or lost or yeah. I mean or just like things would happen he would get injured yeah he was and stuck we, in the ceiling once wasn't he yes yeah, so this uh, <laughs> I, I didn't finish that story so at the art department he climbed up these high trees hunting birds and then somehow climbed onto the roof the building is three stories tall climbed onto a three-story tall roof and somehow went in between the the roof tiles to go chase this bird who obviously had gotten into the roof and then couldn't get his way make his way out again yeah so he was stuck in the roof and so that morning uh also at around 10 or whatever uh we had done some searches before then but at 10 o'clock i went and i heard his little meow from th somewhere <laughs> and, I was like, and i eventually like got so panicked i started shaking at the doors which made the alarm go off because there's not people there every of day course. i mean it's not an active it's building. a little archive yeah um so the, this oh, wonderful shit. man called dirk who's the keeper of the archive came out and he was like what are you doing here and uh, I started crying and explained about my cat and so he was really lovely and opened up the building for us and um we volunteered Katie because she's very small and agile to climb up onto into a manhole that is at the top of like an auditorium, three stories oh up uh, into the ceiling via ladder that we were just holding at the bottom. And just I mean, praying. Just praying that she was light enough that we wouldn't lose you control know. of the bottom of the ladder, the three of us standing there. And she had to climb onto the rafters of the roof oh and rescue God. this cat who was dusty and who was confused and, and upset upset and, and everything. So yeah. but we rescued him that day. Oh, the Jesus. other the other two times he had gotten stuck in the in the church, uh, in the prayer room because there's lovely sun there in the afternoons and um I mean obviously the people lock up the church at the of end course. of the day and then so he had gotten stuck there a few times too. And you know, over the years, we've got many calls from students and people being like, oh, we found your missing cat because he always looked so raggedy. <laughs> he was always so thin and like... And he had, and he had such a like distinctive yeah, face. Distinctive face. 
Uh, no, really, a farm cat. He's yeah. a farm cat. Um, and yeah, so I mean, if you're thinking like, you know, we're, we're cruel to let him roam, um, the vet told us at, the, at that time, we were like, should we just keep him in? What can we do? Should we just make him an indoors cat? And the vet said, I don't want to use the words animal abuse, but it would be very cruel. Like he would not understand why he had freedom his whole life and agency and, and now you're gone. entrapping him mm. like then as soon as he would get out he would run away from you like no doubt in his mind so i was like okay i guess you can't yeah <laughs> well i think it's also very important to know that a lot of cats are very different mm. um just through my experiences with cats they have very distinctive personalities yeah. Some are very chill, like to nap all the time, aren't going to cause too much trouble, maybe like to eat too much. Others need to be out and playing and just living their lives. And you kind of have to trust that, you have to trust your cat. Yeah. That they'll come home. Yeah. And mostly they do. Yeah. No, and mostly, I mean, seven years. Yeah, that's Never been gone for longer than 24 hours. So this day, I mean, we... When he initially went missing, I did not stop my physical search for a week. Yeah. So the first week was um, I didn't do any work. I didn't, I was not, I didn't really eat or sleep or I was, uh, which now in retrospect, don't do that if your cat goes missing. Yes, yeah, we do not. It's, it's, it's not the best idea. It's not the best idea. And, um, but this it makes is sense all... because, I mean, I mean, I met Earthy. He was a great cat. He is a great cat. He is a great cat. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. I find myself doing that a lot, too, because it's, it's just like cause just the unknown. Gone. I'm just like, he's with the second family now. No, dude. Yeah, and he's been, he's been missing now for 45 days. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time. Um, but never give up hope. Yeah. As, uh, what's his name from, Paul from Three Golden Retrievers. Yeah, Jim. Jim, is his name Jim. Oh, mm. sorry. <laughs> so that was just me proving that I read the article. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting when when your pet goes missing, and I think that that first week, um, everyone tells you the first week is crucial. Like you can find your cat yeah. in the first week if you just try hard enough, and like something's wrong with you if you don't find your cat. Yeah, exactly. That very much that like it's the first twenty four hours of a kidnapping are the most important. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I, um, I badgered all of my neighbors into being able to do physical searches of their house because I found a resource uh, from Kat Albracht, mm. who is a pet detective in the States. And um, she's worked many cases. We'll tell you now about Jim, too, who's we one will. of her, uh, I guess, sort of protégés. Yeah. But um, I found his resources very helpful. But Kat's also, Kat's website, um, what's it called? Missing, uh, Missing Animal Response Network. Yes. So That's she's got right. a network of pet detectives all over the States. And they share kind of training materials and statistics and so on. And so she, she was actually a missing persons detective for many years. And um, on her website, she, she writes this article where she says, uh, you know, if a person had to go missing in like the Catskills in the, in the mountains or something, if she didn't know why the person was in the mountains, she didn't, wouldn't know like where to start looking. Yeah. 
if she knew that the person was there hiking, she would look first look at all of the embankments because statistically it's likely that the person would have fallen down a cliff. If uh, the person was there berry picking, she would look in these places because that those are statistically like the, where the, most the people thing, found. Yeah. yeah, what would happen if so? Knowing the the kind of profile of of the missing person or the missing cat is incredibly important. Yeah. And she says what she finds is that people get generic advice on the internet from groups and they kind of miss the opportunities to really... Like tailor the advice to your cat. To your cat and their and personality the type and their profile yeah. and so on. So I, I only found these resources much, a, later. much later. And I'm very sad that I, that I did. And if you have a missing animal, please With go... Uh, Put yeah. the link of this article. <laughs> Put all of the links there. Well, wouldn't the doobly-doo? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But so one of the things that she says you have to do is like a proper physical search of the territory. Uh, so there, cats fall into three categories. You get um, indoor cats who don't go outside, whose uh, people keep them inside. Then you get indoor-outdoor uh, indoor, access cats who... Um, kind of get occasional outdoor access but mostly are inside and then you get outdoor cats who yeah. mostly live outdoors um or who have complete free range there's a hole in your window that they can always well, there's get like a window you keep yeah. open that's that they can just come in and go whenever they yes. want so they they have big territories they're usually a lot more street smart they're mm. Um, and it's interesting, like you say, cat personalities differ because we have the two cats and Jeff is an absolute homebody. He yeah. is like, he has the whitest little paws. They're, we always <laughs> joke, they're so pristine. He cleans them every day, whereas Earthling used to like have these dirty paws. And, I like, keep thinking of, of him as like <laughs> King Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff is just like this little prince. Um, so, you know, even though they grew up with, uh, under exactly the same circumstances, they're night and day. Yeah. And loved each other very much. Mm. Like they, even though I guess all cats kind of have territorial beef, they slept together every single day and cleaned each other. So I, I don't think they any of the territorial close. things was between them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so from these resources, I badgered all of my neighbors. We, on the very first, the, the next day, we made uh, posters and flyers. We distributed about 200 of them within a 500 meter radius, uh, put up posters on street poles. And physically, I had a map of all of the neighbors, and I searched. It was impressive. I searched the entire university um, campus, uh, all of the buildings, all of the gardens, every single tr trash can, every single bin I searched through. Um, that that first week, I, I didn't, I searched. Um, and I'm very confident that he was not run over by a car uh, because you would have, there would you would have, have been some him. kind of something mm. or blood or something. We were mm. so immediately on, on the street, yeah. on the present. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm confident he, he's still alive at I least so somewhere. Too. And if something had happened, it would have been in the group. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Someone's cat has been hit. Yeah. 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 So then I, I guess the, the did you want me to, Talk yeah. a bit about the, I the want, search. So I think what will be interesting to hear is like once you were done with the physical searching, what was your next step, I think? So at that point, in, in, I, did a, I made a lot of phone calls too. So I would phone 
uh, I sent emails and then personally phoned all of the rescue organizations. Like if you have a lost animal, uh, the first thing you need to do is go onto the SPCA lost pet database. Um, then there's lost and found Cape Town, which um, consolidates all of the missing pets posts in the entire of Cape Town. Um, and then if you message the Animal Anti-Cruelty League, they will send you an email list <laughs> of every single group, every single website, every single, and yeah. some of them are out of service, but just getting your cat on each, of, yeah. on each of those platforms and phoning and making sure people know. And I still, I've been following up weekly with calls mm. to all of these organizations. So put that on your to-do list. Yeah. Your, hopefully your cat will be back in the first week. If you're lucky, uh, statistically, um, 70% of cats, missing cats, are found. So that's a hopeful statistic, 70%. Most of them return within the first week. The next tier then for, for returns is, I think, two months. Um, and then uh, there's like a big gap. Then people only start getting their pets back after two years. And those are the people who keep trying. Two who years. Keep, statistically, it's incredibly unlikely for your cat to end up at a shelter which this gem from the three retrievers yeah. um, uh, talks about yes. is that only 2% of the cases he's seen, and he's worked 1,500 missing cat cases, only 2% of people end up finding their cats at shelters, and that's only very long down the line. But it's also, I think, what's, what's interesting, because uh, we both read that article, is he also says that it may be the case that people who find their cat at shelters don't check with them, so it's yeah. hard to know. Um, but if it's at the point where you've gotten, you know, uh, these pet detectives involved, then the likelihood of finding your cat in a shelter does go down significantly. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so so I did a lot of internet stuff. I <laughs> I've spoken to some pet psychics, uh, animal communicators. Which, um, as people who've listened to this podcast know, I'm I'm a woman of science. <laughs> I've got a PhD. I believe in um, empirical research. Yeah, and I I find um, sort of I guess the supernatural very uh, dubious. But at the same time, the anecdotal data that I've received as part of the missing pet community. Uh, on the internet, which is a a very sad but very resilient and and compassionate community of people yeah. who have all, but like either had lost their cats um, and their animals died, or they still haven't found their cat, or you know there's there's, there's or a people lot, who have yeah. now just lost a cat every day. There's at least two missing cats mm. on um, the uh, Cape Town Lost and Found network. So. It's a very frequent occurrence and everyone shares resources. Everyone's really supportive. Everyone's looking out for each other. That sounds amazing. What was the point of that again? (laughs) (laughs) Pet psychics. Pet psychics. So the anecdotal data suggests that there is something to it. The amount of people that have messaged me and said, I found my cat because of an animal communicator is way too much to ignore. Yeah. Like I've gotten dozens of messages of people telling me about how yeah. these people have helped them. And so as the skeptic in me believes that cat behavior, despite the many variations, is actually quite predictable. So yeah. if you have told a psychic kind of what's going on with your missing cat situation, 
they will look on a Google map if they're doing dowsing or, or if they're trying to give you an indication and they would know that statistically where the animal would be likely yeah. to either be trapped or missing say. or whatever. But at the same time, I think <laughs> so many of these people, I mean, it must be such risky business. Yeah. Like if you go, your animal is completely fine. It is so and chill. Then like and then someone opens of- the garage door and there's like Spotty having been fried on the, you know, the engine of, yeah, the, of, the, of car. the car or something, you know. Or like, you tell it, them, oh, no, your cat's, your cat's gone. Yeah. Cat's dead. You, you should I did get someone sent me a story like that, though, where they said the animal communicator told them that their cat had passed away and then six months later (laughs) the cat came jumping over the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cats. Yeah. Um, But so it's interesting. I've been dealing with uh, two different animal communicators. The first is a woman called Anki, the pet psychic. You can also find her on Facebook. She's had quite a few media articles, like Mm. like people have spoken about her on the news or on, you know, like what's it like Cape Talk or whatever. People have been like, oh wow, she helped us find this animal. For those people in Joburg, that's seven (laughs) oh (laughs) two. Um, and so like I was, I she seemed, uh, you know, highly recommended. A lot of people said contact Anki, and so I've spoken to her and. The thing with animal communication that people like this tell you, they're like, okay, send us a photo of the animal where they're looking into the camera so I can see their eyes, the name of the animal, and the area where it went missing. And then typically they'll do like a little session where they try and connect to the animal's energy field, apparently. And animals communicate uh, in images. So they'll usually have visions. They can kind of tap into what the animal is feeling like. Yeah. Apparently, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but it's interesting because there's a worldwide community of people who all use the same methods and who subscribe mm. to the same. I mean, it feels like even if we don't believe maybe the psychicness, yeah. there's definitely maybe an understanding of cats and, like you said, how they behave and understanding the patterns and yeah. that being very valuable to people so that they, by having yeah. that information of how a cat would usually behave depending on its stock or how you treated it or the situation they can still give you very useful advice and great places to look as well yeah they uh anki told me that he's completely fine he's a bit itchy on his head he's not hungry or thirsty that was like i would say about five days after he went missing and i was very desperate and i I do think animal psychics is a, a way for people who have like run out of resources to like throw money at a problem which is completely Mm. what i felt like and so she said no he's fine which was such a relief i remember just crying and being like okay cool thank god and then she sent me a list of things that he had seen which included things like bird baths hedges (laughs) (laughs) metal tubing yeah a white house with pinkish red flowers i mean Literally, we, me and Ben walked through the neighborhood and uh, we just started getting suspects. We were like, oh, my God, so this guy one. never liked the cat, did he? Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we should go ask this person some questions. Yeah. But the wonderful thing was we um, we explored our neighborhood by foot for about, uh, like I would say, about a 500 meter radius. And yeah. we met hundreds of neighbors we wow. interviewed hundreds of people we realized that earthling had many places that he visited <laughs> in the neighborhood and children that he hung out with and people whose porches he would lie in the sun oh, at buddy. And, 
uh, just, you know, like a, he had a rich life yeah. beyond just our household, which, and then we got to meet these people and like really lovely people in our neighborhood. And it was just like, that's pretty incredible. It was just a cool, like in the spirit of earthling, like the conviviality of meeting all yeah. of the neighbors was really great. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so we did some scary searches because at one point then, oh, she did a dowsing session and yeah. it seemed like he was at the station. And so we did a lot of staking out at the station very early mornings, very late at night. Um, whenever we could yeah. uh, walk the rail lines, like I got down onto the tracks to look into holes underneath the platforms, mm. like things like that, like, um, you know, flashlights and, and literally like every single inch we walked, we would, if, if people would allow us in, like, I personally searched in terms of houses in our neighborhood, I would say probably in the area of around 30 houses, um, that I personally wow. went into every room and mm. searched and floorboards and yeah. things. Um, in retrospect, <laughs> though, don't call your animal's name, apparently, which is... It's hard yeah. to know that. I think it's... It's the most instinctual thing to of do. Of course, because you also know your cats mm. know your voice. Yeah. There have definitely been times I've been like, Robin, and I can see her ears perk up, even mm. if she doesn't look at me. Yeah. Or if I have chicken and she wants them and I call her name, suddenly, very responsive to her name. So apparently what happens if animals go into a state of distress, so... With Earthling's profile, right? So he's an outdoor cat um, yeah. who is very brave, very social, uh, very trusting, um, and gets into a lot of fights. And those cats, in most cases, are displaced by either another animal, like a dog or a cat. Something yeah. happens where their territory has been taken from them. And so I I believe that Earthling was displaced. I believe he's too scared to come home, which is also what another psychic then later told me, yeah. confirming my beliefs. But anyway, um, and in those cases when an animal is either injured or they're scared, when you call their name, you freak them out even more. And he uses this example of like a tawny owl, which... Um, is maybe slightly injured or whatever. And it's like sitting in a tree and a lot of nature, like this happens, but the birds that are usually the tawny owls prey will start shouting and screaming and drawing attention to the tawny yeah. owl in hopes that a bigger predator will discover the, the injured yeah. animal. So it's sort of like, Get, look here, look here, here it you is, here it is. Get, get, get this one, here look, it is, look, here look, it is. It, 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 and so a lot of animals have this, and this is the first instinct of the cat. If the cat is hiding, and cats can hide between seven and ten days without food or water yes. in one place, they will stay put for seven to ten days, and they will not respond to their name, they will not respond to your voice yeah. if they're freaked out enough. Which is insane because people are like, no, I know my cat. My cat would not do that. But, but what Jim says is like missing or like displaced animal behavior is not your cat. That is not the, the, the animal it's, that's it's there. Then a is, different state of mind. It is completely in survival mode. It is what they call catatonic feral. They go into a full reset mode. It's like someone completely <laughs> erased their personality. They are on like the most feral like basic instincts they're on hardcore level. mode yeah 
So you shouldn't call your cat's name. You should walk around. If you've got another cat, call their name. If you've got a distinct like sound for um, mealtime, you should make that. Otherwise, you should just walk around talking and to whoever is with you in a very calm, just happy having voice, your voice carry, and also making sure that you know your scent is in the area. So, mm. and and the calmer your voice is, the calmer they will be. Yeah. This is also the thing that he says: is if you're walking around and you're in a panic state, calling your animal's name, that freaks them out even more because it makes them then. feel. Oh, shit. Something's horribly wrong, of course. <laughs> They're coming for us. <laughs> Even mom is freaked out. So I want to ask, because you've raised some really great points. What is some of the information you wish you had when you started? So it's not calling their names in a panic. Yeah. I think you did fantastically by searching like houses in every nook and cranny because cats are very good at hiding. There have been many times. Yeah. I am convinced Robin is out gallivanting with friends and it turns out she's just been asleep in a box, behind a box, underneath a box yeah, yeah, yeah. in my office for the whole day. Yeah, I know. And we used to call like Earthling Ghost because mm. he's one of the, those cats that would just... Jeff, you could hear his bell like rings and stuff. Earthling yeah. wears a bell, but he somehow sleeks so quietly <laughs> that suddenly something will just touch the back of your leg and you'll be like, Earthling, whoa, what, what? Um... So, yeah, uh, what else do I wish that I knew? I wish that I knew that um, I needed to sleep and eat in that first week and not go into that kind of panic mode. Yeah, um, and not feel guilty when you did eventually yeah. rest. So Kat Albrecht also says that people go into a, um, they, they uh, what do they call it, like a morning fatigue so yeah. where you've spent so much time searching and and things being so hopeless that you end up stop you stop searching because it's too painful mm-hmm. and most people reach that point after a month and I could feel that after a month yeah and I had to like take a step back and be like okay you're like Jim says your cat deserves you at your sharpest yeah. at your most strategic at your most alert. Um, alert and and you need to actually be taking notes and mm. and working this like a proper detective you you know there there's Think lots of things that i can eliminate Forget. now there are lots of things that um have come to light from conversations mm. with neighbors from um staking out the area <laughs> there's one instance with a neighbor of mine that that i didn't even know this had happened because since there were kittens earthling and jeff had um free access to the houses all around us. We live in row houses and um, there's a faint, like a, a servitude kind of little alley in between the houses. And there's a gate at the end yeah. uh, that they used to be able to run in and out of. And then there's uh, quite a, a bit more of a difficult little area that they can get out mm. at the top towards the church, uh, which involves climbing through barbed wire, etc. And so a neighbor of ours who has beautiful vintage cars in our a little parking spot, um, had decided, I think a couple of years ago, I'm not entirely sure when this happened, but that he would completely close off the alley gates to so that the cats wouldn't be able to come in and out there because he said that they had scratched his car and that they were killing the birds, etc., etc. But I realized what this meant is that now all of the cats were bottlenecked into one only one place that they can all go in and out and recently there have been 
so many fights at this one point. So now that I've become more alert mm. of actually how the cats move, I'm like, this has been, this is a huge influence on yeah. this because suddenly there's not a few places that they eat. Like, you know, this is my entrance. This is how yeah, I get yeah. in they can't, out. They can't get they can't. in the They have anymore. to fight yeah. over those entry points. And so I had a big fight with this man. <laughs> uh, I went and I cut a hole in his um, plastic mesh and he immediately, like literally uh, the next day, went and covered it up again and I had to... Um, you know, uh, very much, well, just plead with him very emotionally um, that, you know, this is, this is my, like the, the little love of my life. Like yeah. you, and you don't own this fucking servitude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and also your plan decision. is backfiring because now the cats are jumping right onto your cars because that's the only area that, that they, they can, have yeah. to get in and out. But so that's one thing that, that, that I then realized then. Talking to the neighbors, I realized that there has been an unneutered male in the area. And from some camera work, I think I've identified who this cat is. And so, yeah, things like that, where suddenly yeah. the, the behavior makes sense. There's been a lot of upheaval. Um, displacement typically happens because of another animal. Yeah. And stressful times. And I mean, stressful times. Living He's been in scary. a few fights. Um, and there was a huge giant explosion in fireballs. Yeah. I mean, that would really freak out a cat. Yeah. So the, I, today <laughs> I got another reading from yeah. a psychic. He says he's in some wetlands and uh, there's uh, like all sorts of, do you want to, do you want to hear it? Yes, please. This is now my third reading from her, and uh, then I've gotten another psychic to uh, to who who does more kind of energy healing and stuff. And she also told me he's fine. He knows where he is. Um, he feels beaten down and oh, chased yeah, away. Yeah. And so the the two of them weirdly have had very similar, mm. even though they don't know what the other one knows. Neither of them know very much about mm. the case. I've kind of tried and keep it quite opaque. I've said similar things. So she said, uh, asking him to show me where he is, I saw the following. A bushy area, some long yellow grass, reeds, looks almost like a wetland or marsh. Thick sand-colored wall, arch-shaped metal object, hanging pot plant holders, a large cactus, brown rocks, light-colored wall, next to it, small trees. To interpret the visions that he has showed me, it seems that he is closest to the lush grass area wetlands. The rest of the visions could be what he can see in the vicinity thereof or landmarks forming a track to where he is. You're welcome to send me photos if you come across anything that may match the, the, the visions. I gave him your message about the hole in the alley fence. <laughs> the feeling I get from him is that he knows where he is. Good luck and please keep me posted. Love and light, Anki. And so that's because I've asked her, does he know where he is? I've asked the other mm. psychic also, uh, does he know where he is? And um, yeah, well, so so the other psychic actually just told me straight up. She's like, he knows exactly where he is. When I told him to go home, he said, I can't. Like, wow, he can't. There's an, there's another evil, dangerous cat that's taken over his territory and his space. So I'm just going to have to kill that cat, Dimple. I think that's entirely reasonable. <laughs> you know what? Maybe Robin should come over and stay for a little while and who knows what will happen to that you cat. Know, Maybe that cat will also suddenly be in the middle of the road. 
Okay, I should not be I should not be slandering my own cat like this. <laughs> She's a very tiny, very loving, beautiful little angel who probably killed my kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a great it's a great way to remember bad cat and talk mm. about that experience. What do you think is some of the advice you got that uh was weird or bad advice or so number one bad advice apparently is putting out uh the cat litter box. They say so most people say if your cat's missing, put their litter box outside so that they can smell where they are and I think this might be a a more valid piece of advice for indoor only cats because indoor only cats if they make it outside and something traumatic happens they are they are usually within like a two house radius Mm. in majority percentage of cases and they are hidden as fuck they hide themselves completely and so that kind of sense can then at least just guide them home but they say what it also does is any kind of cat litter attracts other cats. Oh. Um, so you might actually make it more a more hostile situation mm. for your cat, where now suddenly all these cats are coming out to come smell what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's the one thing, and that's something that the pet detectives, they're like, don't do that. It is one of the worst things you can do if your cat go, goes missing is to put the, the litter box outside. Um, the other thing that a lot of people have told me is like, y'all keep putting food out for the cats <laughs> because they'll come back. Um, I think again, cats. good idea for an indoor only cat because they can't hunt. They don't know when they're, mm. where they're going to get their next meal for outdoor access cats. Um, this actually also like we did that for the first week and cause we've got cameras in our front yard yeah. and, um, literally, <laughs> All of the neighborhood's cats just ended up fighting over who got to eat the food in our front yard. It was the most hostile cat environment yeah. ever. Like, And you would just see these cats like peeing all over the front yard or like playing oh through God. our like hedges and stuff. And then like the next cat would come and go exactly to where the other cat had peed and put its pee on top of that cat's pee. Like, no, this is where I eat food now. And like, it just, it became like also a hostile Mm. contested space. So that's another thing that I think if you've got a, a more um, enclosed backyard that your cat can easily get access to, that's a better idea. But with us, because the cats, um, I mean, from my investigations, I believe that the back entrance is one of the sites yeah. of um, competition for the cats. And so uh, because Earthling in the in the last while, the last uh, couple of weeks that he was uh, with us, um, his front yard, usually we have beams in the front yard and we've got a little chime that goes off in the evening. So he would climb up onto the balcony at like 3 a.m. to be wow. let in through our balcony door. Um, and because of the building, she he couldn't get that. onto the balcony anymore. He, the chimes wouldn't go off because we had put them off because there was so much shit mm. that would be blowing in the wind that would set off the chimes. So that happened. Like his resources were kind of cut off yeah. for his feeling safe. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, yeah, it all makes It makes complete sense. It makes now. sense. Yeah. Now. I, I remember in that article by a gem from the retrievers yeah. that one of the advices people had gotten is to pee into a spray bottle and yes. to spray that <laughs> around so they can set your pee 
that's terrible advice. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. Now that's our friend. Our friend Lauren also has a has a dandy cat who goes on crazy roundabouts and has also like a major flirt. And she said when he first went missing, she was also like ready to just pee and pee all over the neighborhood so he could <laughs> smell her pee. And also then read up that it's not it's not a great idea. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what other piece of advice do you think? Did you ever have, like, once you put out all of this information and you post it everywhere, did anyone ever send you, like, weird or nasty messages about your cat? <laughs> or has it all been like, oh, why are you laughing? <laughs> no, I want to see if I can find this one post. So I... um not nasty, but like I, um, I just thought this was a very uh, amusing. Is I got um, a a message from a guy who, or not a message. I, I, had, so oh God, I've spent so much money on on my cat um, search. And one of the things that I did, because it was also a piece of advice from someone who follows me on Instagram, is that they found their cat because they made a, a targeted promotion on. Facebook. So pretty much made yeah. an ad and then paid for promotion, but in a very specific geographic area. And mm. so I did that. Um, and this one guy made a post in Gaza that just said like, uh, and obviously didn't think that I'd be able to read it or whatever, reshared the post and said, yo, white people are crazy. This is obviously witchcraft. The cat will come home when it wants to. <laughs> obviously witchcraft. This is obviously witchcraft. Yes. And um, I oh. just, I, I laughed so hard. I, it was such a nice little comedic moment. Yeah. And, and his friends obviously also thought it was hilarious and stuff. So I just posted on there and I was like, I really hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> And this poor boy is so freaked out. He immediately replied. He's like, oh, no disrespect, ma'am. I didn't know, you know, like, and I'm like, don't worry. I don't. I know it you is probably witchcraft. witchcraft. <laughs> I mean, it might be. Dude, no, I, I'm now convinced that cats are, they're alien. They're an alien species. They are such mystical, magical little creatures. They're like the magical. communication between cats is insane. I believe all cats are psychic. No. I mean, yeah, because the meowing is not for other cats, it's for humans. It's for humans. I I solidly believe cats talk psychically with each other. I mean, I understand body language and mm. pheromones and scents and things Less like stuff. that. But the distances that that shit can travel over, cats can smell over a distance of two kilometers. That's so now you tell me, do they not smell their people and know about moods and pheromones and things? You know, yeah. it's like, I mean, they're also very good at like reading human yeah. emotions yeah i mean with robin whenever i was feeling like sad for myself she decided that would be a good time to come in and cuddle me mm. and lie next to me and purr which also has healing properties yeah yeah so i do believe that they are mystical creatures and if someone told me they were not from earth i'd be like oh that makes complete sense yeah yeah, yeah. no i get it no so they they also they have a homing instincts uh, instinct like pigeons do yeah. that works with the magnetic force of the planet and this is a very sad story, but the reason how scientists discovered this back in the fifties uh, or something mm. is that they would take um, mother cats who had just given birth to a litter and they would move them further and further away from their litter to see how long it would take them take them to get back to their litter over different territories, over different wow, distances that's and stuff. 
And it was something insane, like they can home from a distance of like 20 kilometers. That's impressive. With through the, through like a magnet, like earth magnetic sense mm. that scientists can't, it's the same with pigeons. Like yeah, it's the same with these a lot animals of animals have this kind of instinct, yeah. homing instinct. And yeah, we don't understand it. So yeah, or like, just instincts when things go wrong, like lots yeah. of stories coming out from places that have had massive earthquakes that a lot of the animals just left yeah. a few days before or even weeks before. And everyone was like, where did everybody, oh, it's an earthquake. That's yeah. why oh, they, shit, they that's knew why something the was coming. The rats are running out of the sewers. Oh, they're leaving. <laughs> oh, shit, follow the rats. <laughs> um, this is, I think, the nice thing about today's episode is it feels a lot like... Therapy. therapy. <laughs> I do feel like a therapist, uh, but I think it also is just valuable in terms of information that one should have. I think it's very easy to forget how just fickle cats can be and how quickly they can be around and then gone the next second. And I think it's just very useful advice. Yeah, I used to. I used to be very judgy of people whose cats went missing. And I know like now I understand how horrid that is to, yeah. to have those thoughts because you think, oh, the person didn't give the cat enough attention or the cat was, you know, like yeah. neglected or the cat obviously had to go find some other Yeah, or they weren't feeding them properly or they weren't playing yeah. with them enough. They, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, anyone who's ever visited us knows. You guys, yeah, I was about to say, like, as a witness. that cat <laughs> was and the, how much. These cats are on another level. I mean. Everything. They is. have a cat that plays fetch. Like, you can pick up Earthy, and he just melts if you hold him in the right way. Yeah. No surface. Holds your face. Yeah. Love sleeping on the bed. Really nice cat food. Like, really yeah. nice cat food. I had to up my cat food game. <laughs> and then it turned out Robin was a basic bitch, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and, and I think, so I, I'll share all of the resources. Um on the the show notes and if you have a missing animal um thoughts are with you and sending you lots of love and hugs you so much love and light as anki would say yeah. because really cats have never been domesticated they're not true domestic no. animals they choose you as much as you choose them they really do and Whatever happens, you need to also remember that they're own little people. They're incredibly resilient. They're um, complex individuals. Man. Like we've gotten so many messages of sightings that we've driven mm. out to places. And, and it's been really cool to, to also be able to eliminate most of the sightings we've been able to eliminate straight away because the, the cats literally come out and come say hi. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're like, mm. and then you're like, oh, you're not yeah, earthling. That's not or crazy, but, yeah. in the most recent situation, which was like two nights ago, we drove through to um, Newlands and there, there was wow. a woman who had seen a cat in a tree and a lovely woman whose cat was also quite a famous missing cat case in Cape Town. Um, many sightings, they searched for the cat for about six months and eventually the cat was run over by a car. Oh. But um, someone had found the body and scanned it for the chip and they were at least able to put the cat to rest. Um, but so she sent me this message and she's like, I know it's crazy, it's far away, but maybe this is your cat. And, and we went and it, it looked like Earthling. I mean, I... Um, I there were she sent me photos of the cat and I was like this could 
this could be Earthling. I mean, obviously very blurry from very far away. And then we went and, and like kind of canvassed the houses and oh. the house um, behind there's one like diagonally mm. behind them. The woman said, yeah, that's that's our cat. I'm so sorry. And she also recently had lost the car, had um, had also um, hit her, her their other cat. So mm. she was like, I understand your pain. I'm so sorry. Um, and there's just a very beautiful, compassionate community of people who are constantly looking out for each other, who are looking out for these cats. Don't you're not in this alone if you have a missing cat. Yeah. Like make and friends with these people, make friends with the feral absolutely. The cat community. Donate like support, if we're gonna support, put money support. in, buy food for the for the yeah. feral cat ladies because they know cats on the ground in every single like borough of the Cape. Yeah. Yeah. Um also if you've lost a cat to a car, it's not your fault. You weren't a bad cat parent. It it just sometimes it happens, sometimes. You're just unlucky. There's nothing you could have done to change that. It's okay. And it sucks. And I'm sorry for you. And I know the pain. Yeah. But we're going to end this on a hopeful note. This is part one. I hope that in a month we'll do part two. And it'll be the story of the hiding Earthy got when he came home. <laughs> when he was eventually found. Yeah, that's the hope. new that's, house. That's, that's the my house next door. That's the uh, energy we're putting out into the universe. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Uh, mm. Maybe the next episode we'll do a catch up. We probably should do a catch up, huh? Yeah, no, we should do a catch up. Much, catch up. much has happened. Lots has happened. Um, there have been depressions. There have been enlightenments and renaissances. There has been a pandemic. Um, a, parallel, a parallelogram, which is always difficult. Panopticon. Yeah. Um, anyway, and so I think we've fundamentally changed as human beings. We We're like chill bros now. Yeah. We don't need all of the same social, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, but I feel like, I mean, I'm becoming like slightly more social nowadays. Yeah. Which is, which I think is good for me. I think I needed to socialize a little bit there were definitely times like once uh, a few months ago where I'd go out once and I'd just get like absolutely hammered because I just didn't have control over my like mm. tolerance I'd for like it's gotten it had gotten a lot lower than I thought it had but I drank as though it didn't yeah get too drunk but also just that excitement of seeing new people and being out made me a lot so we should talk about that at some point yeah, too talk about all of it <laughs> yes be kind be compassionate. Don't be a dick, bro. Yeah, and take care of your cats. You don't know when they're going to go missing. Like, just appreciate yourself. every single moment. Yes. And also take care of yourself. Yes. For your kitties, for their sake. Yeah. We love you very much. We love you. Good night. Good night.